Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. And this is Jeff Kolpak. This is the Golf Show coming to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers studio. As always, since March, since we got this show rolling, 740 The Fan is the AM signal. 107.3 on the FM dial. 740thefan.com is the web address. Later in the show, we're going to take a look at the Pint of Palm. Yes, that's right around the corner. Unbelievable. The sort of, as you say, the end of summer tournament. Although, obviously, I love fall golf. A lot of us love fall golf, and, and there's a lot to play in August. But the Pine is right around the corner. Vern Schneithorst is the new the new sheriff in town. He's the new chair of the Pine of Palm Golf Committee. He will join us in the second half of the show. But first and foremost, boy, I love this story. Absolutely just love this story. Andre Metzger, who has been a veteran Dakota's Tour player, he's 40 years old, he's from Sioux Falls, goes out to the 3M Open on the Monday qualifier and makes the field, his first PGA tournament. And if there's nothing more cool than that, just the sound of it, a tweet from the PGA Tour on how Andre let his family know. Let's actually let's uh, listen to a few moments of that. Hey. Hey. What are you doing? Not much. What are you doing? I just decided to win a playoff on the third hall. You did? <laughs> oh, my gosh, Andre. Oh, I know. It's pretty cool. Job. I know. Oh, my gosh. So how did it play out? Well, I I left a putt short on, on the first playoff hall. I left a short right in the heart, about a foot short. So I was pretty bummed out right there. And then we went to the second playoff hole, and both of us had, I mean, he had a 20-foot par putt, and he drained it. I had like a 12-foot par putt and drained it. And then uh, on the third hole, I made a uh, about a 15, 18-footer for birdie to win. Oh, my gosh, babe. <laughs> yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah. Well, here he is on the road, I'm guessing, from somewhere, Andre Metzger. Good morning, Andre. How are you? Good morning, Jeff. Doing great, man. How are you doing? Awesome. Uh, you know, we just played, obviously, that phone conversation you had with your wife, and I'm guessing you probably didn't propose to her over the phone, so where does this phone conversation rank for you in telling her that, man, I made I made a PGA tournament? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was exciting, you know, I was still feeling the, uh, the adrenaline of, uh, mm-hmm. the playoffs, so, uh, the, uh, I, I was just kind of, you know, gave her a call. Didn't really know how how it was going to turn out, but uh, honestly, her reaction, in my opinion, created most of it. She, you could just tell how bad, uh, how awesome it felt for her, and uh, which led to how awesome it felt for me. Well, 
Was it awesome mainly because it had been such a long time coming and all the effort, blood, sweat, and tears you put into it on behalf of both of you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely both of us. I mean, just as much her as me. Uh, you know, I, it, it, you know, I'd never, you know, you always want to play in a PGA event. I never had, and, uh, I've worked really hard for it. And especially with this one, I, I'd worked really hard. Um, I was praying a lot and the, uh, and I'd just come off struggling at Waterloo, but mm-hmm. you know, it just, showed me the higher plan in the sense of uh, Waterloo just didn't matter to me at that moment. You know, it, it, I finally was really focused on what I was going to do. I uh, played in a lot of these, and this one had took more of my attention than I've ever really given one. So mm-hmm. that, it, was, it was definitely different in that sense. So you make the tournament, and but now you have to, as you said, focus because, you know, you can only celebrate so long. And I think this is a part of the story, too, that should never be underscored, is you get to the first hole on Thursday, Andre, and I'm sure the nerves were cranking. They had to have been. You're human after all. And you birdie the first hole, where I think most people would be, you know, par at best, bogey, and you birdie to describe that. Yeah, the honestly, that was that was partly my caddy, too. That was a good idea. You know, we in the practice rounds, we, we had hit the ball just left of the – the bunker on the right it's mm-hmm. kind of a tight hole but you're not hitting much club off the off the tee and he was like listen the back pin why don't we just hit like a five iron and set up for that uh that back pin and you know with the nerves cranking when me you know you got to learn yourself and how you tend to work with nerves i tend to miss a little left um so i went with uh we went with the five iron off the tee and it still almost went 240 yards with with all the adrenaline pumping and then, um, and then, uh, you know, we were aiming for a safe spot in the, uh, in the middle of the green. I told him my adrenaline was just pumping. So we went with a gap wedge from mm-hmm. like 145, oh, uh, which, which generally, you know, my gap wedge is like 128. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I, you know, just adrenaline kind of pulled it over near the hole. It actually went past the hole. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I kind of told myself right then when I was on the green, I was like, listen, this is your opportunity to make birdie on the very first hole of your of, of your first PGA event. So mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, I was I was focused on it. I, I wanted that to happen, and, yeah. uh, and it happened. You know, it's funny you brought up the five iron because I, cr- I pulled up my story from 2013 when you won your first of two Bobcat Opens at the Fargo Country Club. <laughs> I was looking at the story. Your wife Kim was caddying. You didn't go. It, you didn't get a birdie putt on fifteen. You go to sixteen, the drivable par four. You pull out your driver, and you, and your wife Kim says, "Are you sure you want to do that? I think you should do a different approach." And you did the five iron down the middle and won the tournament. Yeah, yeah. She was like, you know, we really haven't had success with taking that driver up over the trees, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she convinced me, you know, uh, I can't remember the exact situation there. I think I had a one-shot lead at the time, something like right. that. Yep. So she was like, listen, if we just hit five iron over there, you'll for sure get a, uh, a good birdie opportunity. And, mm-hmm. it, and it was a really, really wise decision because I hit it over there and then knocked it to a foot after that. Is she caddy for you still very at all? What's uh, – what's, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're – when we get a chance, she like uh, I was really struggling 
you know, anytime I'm really struggling and down, you know, it's nice to have her out there just not for the golf aspect, you know, don't get me wrong. She, she's knowledgeable, but she's more out there, you know, to make sure that um, mentally I'm into what I'm doing. You know, she, you know, she cares for me enough that she's not going to, you know, pump any smoke, you know, up my tail or, you know, anything like that. She's, yep. she's going to make sure that, uh, that I'm acting right. I'm, I'm being who I am. And, uh, you know, she keeps me grounded in that way. You know, she's, uh, so any, it, it like she caddied for me at uh central Valley this year. I was really struggling mm-hmm. bad going into it. And, uh, I didn't necessarily play great there, but, but at least it, it was the start of me kind of getting back on track. Uh, I worked with her um, her dad, my father-in-law, Tom, yeah. and uh, we got my swing back on track. And, and uh, you know, I think that's where it kind of all started. I You know, you got to feel like you're working in a good direction because in golf you can put all the time you want into golf. And if, if it's not something that's going to benefit you, you're – you're actually working yourself away from what you're trying to accomplish, I feel like. Andre Metzger is the guest, his Sioux Falls uh, resident, 740 The Fan. This is Jeff Kopak. The show brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Uh, you still based out of Sioux Falls and, and, and doing that? Well, I, I pretty much I based out of Arizona. Okay. I, we based out of Sioux Falls for the whole summer. So okay, got it. That's, it's kind of, uh, you know, I, I go – back and forth but during the winters we're we're out in arizona but with prices going <laughs> through the roof we, right. who knows where we'll be after this but uh you know we'll uh so and then once uh usually end of uh end of may we take off and mm-hmm. get up to sioux falls and then i just base out of there until okay. september okay uh before we take a break i want to get back to the 3m uh the first round though a uh, one over 71 you're right there andre to make the cut you got to be feeling pretty pretty confident of your chances at that point yeah honestly at the end uh you know that day i played really great um i hit i hit so many great shots on especially on my second nine mm-hmm. which was the front nine and i couldn't get you know like uh we had a 500 yard hole there's two 500 yards par fours on the, the front side. And um, so, I, you know, for me, for the week, my main goal was just get it in the short stuff because then I could get at anything uh, from any number. And, you know, so we go five wood off the tee. You know, now I hit it like 310 uh, mm-hmm. with, with the way the wind was, you know. And then I go seven iron from both holes. We had like 207 in. Mm-hmm. So we were like, all right, let's land it you know, about 195, and I hit two perfect shots, and they just kind of jumped through just off the green. So basically my whole second side, I either had long putts or had super hard up and downs. I think I only hit two greens on that side, and yep. all of them were brutal up and down. So I honestly, I, I was I was pretty disappointed with the first round as far as score-wise because I played way better than that, that score. Um so it, you know, is you know, I, I I could tell my game was ready to go. We just had to you know get a couple things different, and uh, and I'm you know mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't I wasn't satisfied with that that first round, but I I wasn't way out of it either. You know, I right. saw the num they didn't get too far away from me after the first round. Yep. 
Andre Metzger is a guest. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, more of our conversation with Andre, and he's the, obviously the defending Bobcat Open champion. We'll be right back. I saw you slam your club in anger and took the grass off its edge. I saw you look at me in wonder. Back for the second round of the golf show as presented by Michelob Ultra. This is Jeff Kopak, live from the Gunnarsson Jewelers studio. Andre Metzger is the guest, defending Bobcat Open champion, coming off his first PGA tournament. Speaking of slamming your club in anger, only one hole, really, I think, uh, at, at, at the 3M Open was really the, the, the triple, right? Other than that, you're in there. Well, really two holes. Two holes, Number okay. two yep. and number 17. Yeah, yep. number 17, the first day at least, I hit that seven iron so good. And, and I told my cat, I was like, man, maybe we should go six and just – just blow it past and and I hit it. I was like, I'm going to try and hit it low, but you know, I just hope it doesn't kind of ride up on the wind. And sure enough, that's what it did. So I should have just hit the sticks because I probably was already seeing what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, I kind of caught a gust as well. Like the wind was calm. And then when I was about to go swing, the wind kind of came up on me. So that was unfortunately, I mean, the 17, I doubled both the days. Now, the second day, you know, I'm going for the make, so I kind of got cute out of the bunker, which I normally wouldn't have. Uh, so there was two doubles there, and then number two, I hit it in the water off the tee both the days. Mm. Uh, in the practice round, it was a downwind hole, so I hit it about 340, you know, 350 off that tee and just took it over this bunker. Well, when the tournament actually came, it was an in and left to right win. And so the first day I aimed way left and I think I was just so uncomfortably left that I, I, I made sure that the ball went right and didn't keep it left. And it caught that wind and went in the water. Uh, So the game plan was for the second day, I was going to take more of a straighter line and just not let it go right. And when I ripped it, uh, you know, I just, yeah. for whatever reason, that hole didn't set up for my eye. And then uh, to hit it in the water a second time, I, I literally can't remember the last time I hit it in the water twice on the same hole. Um, and really should have made the, the putt for double. That mm-hmm. was that, I hit that putt really good. I couldn't believe I didn't make that. That aside, though, I'm guessing you took a lot of positivity out of the whole weekend. When you look at it as a whole. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I really got actually got really mixed. Uh, you do okay. Yeah, I'm really mixed on this because I I have a lot of uh, I learned what I kind of needed. You know, from what I noticed, I mean, I hit so many great putts on the second day and just couldn't get the read right. Mm-hmm. The reads right, so I haven't had my eyes checked since I was 18. So, and I had this uh, LASIK surgery done when I was 18. So I think I'm gonna go get my eyes checked. Uh, that's number one because yeah. because I really hit way too many good putts. I, I just can't believe I, uh, you know, lipped out that many times uh, instead of the ball going in. And then the other thing I noticed was my seven six five iron. If I'm gonna play it safe, they, they need a lot more spin. Mm-hmm. Um, so in in everything, those are the two things that I learned that I need to change so that uh, so that I can actually go out there and win the next time I get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the tough thing is, uh, you know I didn't 
didn't feel like the score reflected how well I played the whole yeah, week. Sounds so like that it. that was more of yeah, that was more of a ding on everything that that was a super big bummer. And then, you know, the the other tough deal is, you know, I've heard so many things um you know, that you get like a courtesy car and the PJ really takes care of you and all this stuff. And I didn't get any courtesy car. They wouldn't even go pick up my wife. Um, and, you know, so all in all, the experience, you know, hmm. wasn't that much different than a corn fairy event for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just didn't get a lot out of it. I mean, the week cost me over six grand. And, you know, now I can't afford to, you know, pay for Q school. So, you know, all in all, I, I really have had. I think that's why I struggled just in this this last Monday because there was not any part of me that really even I think wanted to play in another PGA event. Honestly, yeah. for for some reason, you know. So, you know, it, it, you know, if I had tons of money, like some of the guys I was talking to, you know, they come from tons of money, and you know, six grand doesn't mean anything to them, you know. And they're like, well who cares about that, you know? And then I, you know, I have other guys like the guy I played with in this month, last Monday qualifier, you know, he, he comes from, you know, no money at all. So he understands, you know, how bad, you know, that week hurts where if you miss the cut, man, you're, you're so much further behind, uh, you know, you got the experience. So I, I'm, I'm grateful to have been in the event. I don't want to sound, you know, too awkward, but, but, you know, there's there's also that side that people don't realize, you know, that where it actually, you know, put me way behind the eight ball, you know, financially just because of that week. Yeah. And, and then the other thing was the guy couldn't even believe that they didn't, you know, get me the courtesy cards or any of that, at least make it a cool, you know. Experience. That just seems wrong. I mean, that's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. It really, I, like I said, I, I don't know really how to handle this week that so i'm trying to just focus on the things that i i know i need to change so that the next thing i next time i next time i am in there or you know if i try then uh, i'll be more prepared and ready to go for sure did you find pga tour tournament conditions any different than maybe the corn ferry or you know, let's even go farther than the dakota's tour uh, yeah, definitely, definitely different than the Dakotas tour. Uh, as far as corn Ferry, no, I wouldn't say that much different. Um, you know, at least for me, you know, I'm used to this, this area of the country. Um, and so, you know, like the Bobcat that, you know, those greens are right up there. I mean, to think that those are way off. I mean, those greens are awesome. Uh, Plus, Bobcat has the challenges around the greens, you know. So I know that they're small greens, but, uh, you know, generally in Dakota Tour for me, uh, they don't test me as well around the greens so I can attack, you know, a lot lot more, um, whereas the higher levels you get. The one thing for sure is the greens are going to be firmer at the higher levels, where Dakota Tour we get to just kind of throw darts and mm-hmm. even bring it back and stuff. Uh, but that... That's pretty much how it is on Corn Ferry as well. You know, uh, there's there's with Dakota Tour. You, I will say this: this is probably a huge difference. Is you don't have to be as as threatened or scared off the tee. Mm-hmm. Where if you miss that for those fairways and at the three M, I mean that rough was brutal. It looked like and it. Your shoes disappeared. Yeah, I know. I mean that rough was thick. So. That was the the other bummer, you know. My caddy was like, "Listen, you get us in the fairway, I promise you, we're gonna have success. You know, we're gonna go get it." 
I did that part. You know what I mean? It, it really came down to, for me, a lot of mysteries the second day. And, you know, being so late that first day and, and mm-hmm. their, their water had broken, so they were hand-watering. So the greens got crazy firm. You know, I was hitting a lot of great shots right at the holes and couldn't get them to stop. So I ended up with all these, uh, you know, tough up and downs the first day. So, you know, all in all, I would say Dakota Tour doesn't test you nearly as much off the tee. I mean, a lot of guys are hitting it one fairway over, you know what I mean, doing some crazy stuff. You can't get away with that. Um, And then around the greens, you know, it forces you, you know, you know, I've got, I I put myself against anybody chipping in in the whole world, but, you know, so I I can handle a lot, you know, and and they will test you with the firmness of the greens more out there than Dakota tour where the, if the greens are just soft enough, it doesn't matter how downhill it is. I'm going to get it to stop a little bit. You know what I mean? Where if you get a downhill on those PGA, uh, mm-hmm. you don't even get that option. Even mm-hmm. if you create as much spin as you can create, uh, it's still going to take that first hop's going to kill all your spin. Mm-hmm. So the, you're, it's, it's just a whole nother ball game right there. Uh, before I let you go, Andre, do you, well, what's the schedule the rest of the summer? Do you plan on defending the Bobcat title? Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. So now that everything is uh, kind of changed, I'm going to go. Um, I'm in Wisconsin right now. We're on our way to go play the Iowa Open. And then uh, after the Iowa Open, I'll go to uh, Yankton. And then it's the. Um, and then I'll follow the rest of the Dakota Tour uh, schedule. I need I need some strong finishes just so I can uh, get into this, uh, Q school. I suppose you don't need GPS anymore in the Dakotas. Cause, um, you know, <laughs> you just go right there. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, uh, that's what, you know, one of the guys I was playing with, he's like, uh, he was talking to me about Dakotas and, and, uh, and I was like, well, uh, there's two reasons why I'm hard to beat in the Dakotas. One, nobody's going to beat me if I get wedges all day. Mm-hmm. And two, um, I know every read without even being on the greens right now. You know what I mean? So, I mean, uh, there's no excuses when I get done. If if I didn't win the, the event, it was my fault. Where where these PGA, you know, there's a lot more lessons learned just because I, I don't know it all out there. Thank you, Andre. Thanks for taking some time, and best of luck the rest of the summer, and we'll see you here in Fargo. Yeah, thanks so much, Jeff. I'll thanks. see you soon. All right, that's Andre Metzger, professional golfer. We're going to take a break. We come back. The Pint of Palm right around the corner. You're not going to want to miss it. I saw you slam your club in anger and took the grass off its edge. I saw you look at me and wonder if I noticed that I did or no you didn't. And we are back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. 107.3 FM on that dial, and of course, 740thefan.com is the web address, also the mobile app. Uh, you can find this show anywhere. Inform.com, you can find it there. Thanks again for Andre Metzger for joining us in the first half of the show. Um, great story with Andre and making it to the, his first PGA tournament. Just a great guy, and he's a, a very well-liked pro on the Dakotas Tour. I know that. We shift our focus from... The professional ranks to one of the top amateur tournaments around. You'll not find a better tournament than the Pine to Palm. It is, unfortunately, a end-of-summer ritual of sorts when it comes to the to the, the, the playing and the tournaments around here. 
Vern Schneithorst is the new tournament chairman. He's the new sheriff in town, taking over for Jim Bruflot. Kind enough to take a few minutes this morning. How's it going, Vern? It's going great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Well, first year, right? Uh, we finally got Bruflot out of there. You know, the guy was hogging power all these years, and we finally got rid of him. So, uh, no, just kidding. But yeah, how's that it, gone? He, uh, yeah, it's it's gone okay. And like anything, there's a learning curve when you're doing something new. So, um, you know, but overall, Jim has helped. And uh, part of the strength of our tournament is we have so many good people involved. That they kind of know what their roles are and do a great job. Um, and so it's, the transition has gone pretty smooth, actually. Well, as we know, the uh, Pine of Palm coming up around the corner, August 8th through the 14th, I think, are the dates. I've, um, I'm not into August yet, but I better get there pretty quick. What yep, is that's what is, correct. What is it about this tournament that, that you think is, uh, A, why do you do this, and why you volunteer all your time? Uh, what is the attraction for you? Well, I guess I started out 20, 25 years ago just helping with the cart kids. Um, or actually the ball spotters, excuse me, mm-hmm. and uh, running them around and kind of just have done different things over the years. I played it in a couple times. And things, Jeff, it's just, you know, and you've been there too, the atmosphere around it is is so neat. And with the um, proximity of so many holes to the clubhouse, it really lends itself to having good-sized galleries and a lot of people out there, and, and uh, the golf is great. and hmm and I think anybody that plays in it really enjoys it. So if they're able to, they want to play in it again multiple times. So, um, yeah, it's just all those things, uh, the people that continue to come back, the different families, the golfers. And, and uh, it just is, it's one of those neat things. It's hard to describe, but it just is, it's a, got a real big tournament feel to it and uh, a neat atmosphere and, Mm-hmm. and it's just a lot of fun, and I guess that's the attraction for me. I always have a lot of fun out there, whether, I'm, whether I've been playing in it or, or working at it or, or even just spectating. Yeah, Vern, take us through the Cliff Notes version, I guess, if you will, of what you do as the chair of this tournament. What's, uh, it, it's not a one-month job. It's not a two-week job. I take it it's probably something on your mind at least uh, 12 months out of the year, maybe not every day, but it's there, correct? Right. I think if anything, you know, your downtime is probably right after the tournament for until the end of the year in December. And then really in January, you start to ramp up with some promotional materials, sending out like uh, postcard reminders to past players and, and letting them know what the registration date is. And then we have we're, we do all an all online registration now. So that's a big part of the job is yeah, 500 golfers. This year we filled up in eight days, so processing 500 registrations, wow. placing them in the right division. Um, correcting some mistakes, you know, when you do stuff online, you have people that will sign up in the wrong spot and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. just organizing all the golfers. And then, yeah, it's just, uh, um, you know, a lot of little odds and ends that have to be done in terms of getting things ready to go, signage and different stuff like that. So um, there's there's. And Jim did a great job. He literally broke things down for me month by month of the different things that needed to be do. You know, I needed to be doing and, and different task lists. So, but I w- yeah, I'd agree with you. It's probably, you know, uh, eight to nine months thing sure. out of the year where you're doing different things to get ready for it. Vern Shanaithorse is the guest. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. is presented by Michelob Alter. coming to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio here in Fargo. 
The Pint of Palm has been going on only since 1931, Vern, so no pressure there in keeping it going. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, what, what it, why the longevity? What is it about this tournament? The longevity is, is, is amazing. Yeah, you know, it started out, uh, like you said, back in the 30s, and I think in the initial uh, tournament, they actually had to have some members of the Detroit Country Club board playing it to fill out, like, the field of 16 or whatever it was. <laughs> and it's a, evolved into, like, a tournament of over 500 players. We cap it now at 488 just to make it a little bit more manageable. Um, but, you know, back, back in the early days, uh, there was a huge Calcutta associated with it. And that kind of funded the club and kept the uh, um, golf course solvent. Mm-hmm. And but over the course of the time, it you know progressed in just a great match play format. I think that's one of the things that the golfers like about it. You do play a couple stroke play rounds and qualifying, but after that, it's match play, and that's a different format that you know uh, people don't get to play all the time, but really enjoy. Then, like I said, you know, with the the course being so spectator friendly being in the lakes area it it serves as like a vacation for people they come down spend the whole week the whole family comes um you know wives and and kids can do other things if dad is golfing or or sometimes you know you have uh like uh, dads and sons and you know a big part of the family plays you know you look at a family like the vincelli's and yeah they'll literally uh, be something like 15 or 20 vincelli's that play in the tournament every year so it's it's got it's got a just a lot of cool different aspects to it that I think make it special and enjoyable for people. Four eighty eight, that's a lot. That's like saying you're capping the Twin Cities Marathon at twenty thousand or something. That's a lot of golfers yeah. to run through this tournament and the course. And the course it, it seems it seems yeah. to hold up every year. I don't know how how you guys do that, but how how do you manage that many guys and that and that many golfers and, and women actually have played in this too? Yeah, yeah, you know, and women can certainly sign up and play anytime they want. Um, uh, we, you know, again, we have just a really good group of volunteers. We have people that are in charge of the golf genius software, um, people that are in charge of registration and, and organizing the golfers once the tournament starts. And so, you know, it's probably a group of oh, 20 to 30 volunteers that have fairly large roles and doing different things. And I think everybody... You know, we don't. We always try to add a couple new people every year, but a lot of them have been doing it for years and years. So my job is just to kind of get them what they need and mm-hmm. and let them go do their their thing. And uh, you know, we don't change a ton. Um, we did. You know, things went when the year we had it for COVID, we had to cut the size of it down to about 460, and we had gotten as high as like in the 520s or almost 530. We had so many positive comments that it was quicker and people enjoyed it so much more that we decided to kind of cap it around that number. Sure. And that's why we, we uh, cap it at 488 or else we probably would be into the 500. So, right. But, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's why it runs so well is that, uh, we have so many good people that help and, and, uh, like me enjoy it. And so it kind of takes care of itself. And, and we talk about the championship division so much on this show and deservedly so, but there's also the seniors, super seniors and mid am correct. And, how are those yep. being received, those divisions? Well, good. Um, you know, and we also have what's called the numbered flights division for, for people that want to play that maybe, you know, are a little higher handicap. Um, but those divisions are very popular. Um, the mid-am is one that's growing every year and filled up really fast this year. 
Um, that's, you know, 35 and up. Um, so you'll get your guys that are 35 up to the senior age, typically, that want to play in that. Um, gotten very competitive. We added a flight of eight to that uh, after the the championship bracket this year and, mm-hmm. and because of the popularity. And, um, you know, the senior bracket, 64, and we changed the championship bracket in that this year from 16 to 32 because guys were shooting scores of 77, 78, not making it in. So we had a bunch of them request that we did that. So okay. that'll, I think, be fun for them and competitive, and we just eliminated a couple of the name flights then. Right. So the number of golfers will be the same. Um, Super Seniors continues to be strong, um, as does the name flights. You know, I've got a waiting list of at least 10 guys for all the different divisions. Um, so if we have a withdrawal, you know, we've got a lot of demand for guys that still want to get in. Vern Chenethorse is the chair of the Pine to Palm Committee coming up around the corner August 8th through 14th at the Detroit Country Club. This is Jeff Kopak. This is Golf Show. We're going to take a break. More with our discussion with Vern right after this. Backspin. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Get down on the groove. Final segment of the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak as presented by Michelob Ultra, live from the Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio, 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, 740thefan.com, 740 app, um, and a podcast, too, at inform.com. Vern Schneithorst is the chair of the Pine to Palm Golf Committee. He joins us for a few more minutes. Vern, uh, Nate Adams is the defending champion. I believe he's back again, North Dakota State golfer. I think the last, yes, the last three champions have been NDSU golfers, Nate Adams, Ian Simonich in 2020, and Andrew Israelson, who is now playing the Dakotas Tour on the professional circuit. Uh, these NDSU guys seem to be figuring out how to play match play. Yeah, you know, they've had some really talented teams. Of course, this year they just missed going to Nationals as a team by a stroke. And, you know, last year's medalist, Nate DeZeal, also an NDSU golfer, mm-hmm. and uh, went to Nationals this year, will be a part of the field this year. And, you know, that's kind of a testament to Coach Kennedy over there at NDSU. He's done a great job, I think, of identifying talented kids, a lot of them local kids, uh, North Dakota and Minnesota, that are a good fit, and uh, uh, developing those guys. And, and they just continue to get better. So, you know, kudos to Coach Kennedy and the Bison for always, you know, be, having a real strong representation in the tournament. And we had Lucas Johnson as a medalist in 2020. So the last, was, two, yeah. last three medalists on that, on that note were NDSU golfers. Were you able to watch the title match? Were you able to get around and watch Nate in his title match against uh, Ben Welly last year? You know, I, I've been the assistant chairman uh, prior to this year for about six or seven years. And part of my duties uh, most of the time was to referee the final match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, I've kind of refereed like four of the last five. And so uh, last year was a great match between Nate and Ben Welly. And, and Ben just missed a short one on hole 14, uh, which I thought was kind of a turning point. Um, it was really a competitive match. Both guys played well. And and uh, both guys, uh, you know, were, were super to be a part of that group. They were really complimentary of each other. So it was definitely... One of the better final matches I've refereed, you know, sometimes they'll get to Sunday afternoon and they're running out of gas, so you don't mm-hmm. always see the best golf. But last year it was really good golf, and they both made quite a few birdies, and, and it was really an enjoyable round. 
Have you had to make a ruling or two that have been, shall we say, pretty interesting? Have been uh, have tested your knowledge of the of the game of golf and your and your judgment for that matter? Well, you know, I'm the referee for the championship, or have been, but I am not the rules official. Okay, there's a difference. I, uh, yeah. We have, uh, yeah, we have some guys that do a great job of that. Bob Gordon, uh, uh, past chairman, Greg Potts, and Mike Metalak. Um, guys, they really enjoy their role as um, rules officials. That's not my forte. So um, usually one of them is with us in the last match. So if we have something come up, those guys jump in and do a great job. You're the head coach of Detroit Lakes uh, boys team. Is that correct? That's right. Took over for Coach Gordon this spring. Yeah. And, uh, obviously big shoes to fill there. He was the coach of, you know, three state championship teams. And I think we won the mid-state conference championship 28 years. And certainly we've had a lot of, uh, Really good high school golfers go on and play collegiately and, and do good things past high school, too. So, yeah, it's uh, been a lot of fun to be a part of that program. And then, you know, a little different uh, this year as the head coach, uh, but uh, we had a really nice year and a young team, so we bring almost everybody back for next year. What makes it a Detroit program, Vern? What makes it so strong year in, year out? You hear about it all the time. Had another Miss Minnesota golf candidate this year. Just uh, the players just seem to uh, keep strumming, keep uh, you know humming along here. Yeah, I think one thing, Jeff, is Detroit Lakes is a big golfing community. Um, so a large percentage of families golf, which you know probably a lot more than most communities our size. Mm-hmm. And uh, another huge part of that has been Chris and Marjorie Smith. They're at Lakeview now, but of course they owned Ironman before it closed, and. Uh, just had tremendous uh, junior golf programs out there, and when Ironman closed, they, they uh, moved over to Lakeview and continued to do it there. Of course, they're the parents of, uh, you know, um, Kate Smith, who's now on the Epson Tour just to step underneath the LPGA and was a Big Ten champ, and Carter Smith, their son, was a, an excellent high school golfer for us. And, and they really, they start the kids at about age five, and they take them all the way up through about age 13 or 14. And then that, at that point they transition to like the Minnesota junior PGA stuff and the school golf program. So I think that that's been a huge part of it is having that strong junior program and then just the support and the involvement of the community as far as golf is concerned. Vern Shanaithorst joins us on the golf show. It's Jeff Kopak. Just a couple minutes left with Vern chair of the Pine to Palm committee and the head boys coach at Detroit Lakes high school. I can't emphasize enough having somebody that's so good at the junior program. So when you get them, I imagine they're pretty fundamentally sound by the time they reach you. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they get good instruction there. And then, um, of course, Chris and Mark will give kids lessons, and we have uh, kids take lessons from other, I think, pros around the area that, that really helps. You know, as a golf coach, you only have so much time to work with them on their technique and uh, golf pros are golf pros for a reason. They're really good at teaching the technique and identifying issues and helping to fix them. So we do get kids that um, play at a pretty high level early on and um, kind of feeds on itself. Our older kids will take the younger kids as they're growing up through like middle school and, and play with them too. So, it, you know, our, our golf teams are kind of like uh, larger families in that respect. Um, um the older kids help the younger kids. Uh, the younger kids play with them, so they kind of learn how to play the game, what it should look like, how to act, you know, um, how to be a good golfer, and it kind of it's a kind of a snowball effect. You mentioned Mark Holm just a couple seconds ago. Mark is hanging it up after 31 years as a 
golf professional. He was on this show a couple weeks ago. I've had Kate Smith on this show uh, this year. What has what's been Mark's contributions to the Pine to Palm? And because uh, obviously it pays to have somebody who's been there, done that, and knows what they're doing. Yeah, Mark acts as a rules rules official for us too, and is you know obviously very helpful in that regard. And then as like you know the general manager of the course and and uh, the golf pro, he um, really help organize or you know helps organize everything inside the clubhouse. Um, you know, from the golf perspective, the carts, the food and beverage. Um, obviously, historically, he knows what's gone on, so he, he kind of fills in the gaps for anybody that might be new to their position and has questions. And, uh, you know, he also, I think, initiated and ran our long drive for many years. We have somebody mm-hmm. else do that now. So right. he's, he's wore a lot of different hats in terms of, you know, being a part of the Pine to Palm and, and uh, just, you know, helping grow golf the game of golf itself in Detroit Lakes, you know, he's always so good with all the different groups, whether it's the juniors or the ladies and, and new people at the course, uh, you know, Mark's strength obviously is, his uh, people skills. Uh, everybody just, you know, really likes the guy and, and he's been a great ambassador for the game of golf and, and for, uh, Detroit Lakes. So we certainly appreciate everything he's done. You got a few former champs this year. I always like uh, seeing these guys coming back. Of course, Nate and Ian, we just mentioned them before in the show. Todd Hillier is in the championship flight, I see. Rick Hewn, yep. who he can still play, man. He was he was right there in 2018 as a runner-up. Chad Scarperwood's coming back and playing, and he was a champ in 2000. And obviously, his boys are playing. So pretty cool to see those kind of play. I guess Tom Hoagie is not going to make it as a former yep. champ. <laughs> we, we don't get to see Tom, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. to catch him down in the cities last weekend. Another one I want to mention, Jeff, yeah. since you're talking about those guys, and this is kind of interesting. So Jim Strandemol, yep. of course, a multi-champ. He's won the championship in the, um, obviously, in the championship division in the Mid-Am and also the seniors, and he's going to be playing in the super seniors oh, this year. So really? if Jim were, were able to somehow win the championship this year in the super seniors, he'd be the first guy to win a, a championship in four different divisions, so it should be kind of cool. It's kind of like uh, the the win in the Masters, the U.S. Open, uh, the British Open, and the PGA. So a major, kinda, yeah, yeah. It's Pine to Palm. It's Pine to Palm slam, major, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Jim Strandbell won. Oh it, yeah, but yeah. Uh, eighty nine yeah. and eighty seven, right? Is as uh, a former Correct. champ. Yep. So back in the yep. and he's such a uh, been such a good and consistent player and. Obviously, grew up nearby him in Minnesota, Minnesota, so he's always got you know lots of fans and friends and people that like to come out and watch him if he's playing good. So, um, but like you said, you know that's kind of a testament to the tournament and how much those guys like it. That you know, um, you get all those accomplished golfers that want to come back year after year and continue to play in it. Any chance you can get a former Detroit Lakes player, Adam Thielen, to play in this tournament? <laughs> I think. Uh, um, I can't remember the new coach's uh, head coach's name right now. Matt, o- is it O'Connell? Right. Okay, I think yep. he, he he might yeah, frown on Adam yeah. in training <laughs> camp. I think to uh, to come up and play in the Pine to Palm. But I suppose, Adam yeah. actually, and I don't know if you've interviewed him this year, but he's actually done really well in those uh, celebrity tournaments. Yeah. Um, I think he took like third out in uh, Lake Tahoe just a few weeks ago and stuff. So yeah, he really enjoys playing golf. He usually gets up uh, to see his family a couple, three times in the summer, and he always comes out and plays. And you see a lot of the same names uh, before, you know, Israelson, Strandamo, 
Scarperud, uh, you know, the Dodens played uh, for several for several years. I just uh, it, it's just the names are are there, there's a tradition there. I think that is is part of the whole shebang. I just I like that. I think that's part of your it's part of your image, is it not? Yeah, for sure. And like you said, you know, taking a look at the Scarperud family and. You know, Chad obviously was a champion, and, and his kids saw that. So then when they got old enough, they wanted to play in it. And and uh, he's, you know, moved on to the different divisions now. Well, I think he might still be playing in the championship, actually. But, um, you know, that, that happens all the time, you know, where a grandpa might be playing in the super seniors and dad might be playing in the mid-am, and then you've got, you know, sons and grandsons playing in the championship. And um, I think they, you know, it as far as area tournaments go, this one is really a feather in a good golfer's hat, right? And they, yep. they really, that means a lot to them when they win it. And I think their family sees that and the kids see it. So it kind of inspires them to want to play in it and do well, you know, themselves. And, and that kind of, like I said, that's what kind of keeps the ball rolling. And it mm-hmm. you get these people that have been here for 20, 25, 30 years, and they become good friends with so many people. It's just, yeah, it, it's a great atmosphere, and it kind of just, uh, again, it just kind of regenerates itself, you know, to where you get those those families and different people wanting to come back year after year. Vern, congratulations on the new job. Best of luck, and best of luck in this tournament. Hey, appreciate it, Jeff. Hope Thanks. to see you down here. Absolutely. That's Vern Chenathorse. He's the chair of the Pine of Palm Golf Committee. This is Jeff Kopak. Thanks again for Andre Metzger for joining the show, and, of course, Vern, the Pine, right around the corner. Until next week, hit them straight.